I got a treat for you. Welcome, everyone, to the Transform Recruiting Podcast. We have our very first ever returning guest. Mr. Kevin O'Neill is here with us again. Kevin, welcome back, man. Yeah, morning, Brad. Thanks. Really good to really good to be back. Yet nice again, be, another. Sorry, nice to be the nice to be the first returning guest. <laughs> See, there you go. It must be uh, must be an important reason, and that reason is we have the whole tagline that it's the people, ideas, and tech that are transforming the recruiting industry, and the guy that does technology research for the SIA. I mean, that's kind of a good person for us to know here. So uh, we appreciate you coming back. Uh, we knew, well, I knew, I guess, that you had just released a new research paper. I wanted to come on, have you come on, give some people some insight into what it's all about, why they may want to go read it, how it's shaping things. Uh, and yeah, just kind of get your overall thoughts on what you found. So uh, straight off, let me give everyone the title here. So Staffing Platforms as a Service, the Global Landscape for 2023. So, what in the world is a staffing platform as a service? Um, well, I, I guess um, I, I could tell you a little bit about where the term came from. Um, uh, SIA um, has been uh, looking at the temporary staffing platforms themselves for for a number of years. Brian Wallens, um, one of my colleagues, has uh, been putting out research papers on on that topic, which covers the kind of full gamut of um, platforms that are used in the staffing industry and in the, um, uh, I guess, how would you put it, with, with buyers as well. So, you know, leaving out staffing companies. But these uh, platforms, he coined the phrase staffing platforms as a service, and these are out-of-the-box solutions provided by vendors that staffing companies can use to create, I, I guess, uh, marketplaces um, between the talent, the buyers, and the staffing company. Um, and they can automate processes so that there is very little um, human intervention if required. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the candidates or the, the talent can, can self-serve and it's an on-demand platform. Got it. So if someone who is searching for a job shows up at one of these that they have that this organization, the staffing organization, this recruiting organization has purchased, they may be able to both find, qualify themselves for and then accept a new job. Is that what we're anticipating here? Correct. They might be able to go through the end to end process or, or, or portions of it without um uh, without the intervention of the recruiter, or 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 there may be uh, parts of the process that require the recruiter to be involved. Sure, I mean there's always those compliance things that we know and love around here. Correct. Uh, so from a organization perspective, from you know our customer, some client that we're going after that may have staffing needs, do they interact with this kind of platform? Uh, yeah, they can do so. Um, uh, often they would have a portal that. Uh, or, or an app that the uh, that the, um, the the buyer or the or the company the client uses, so um, they would interact with it as well. Got it. So at the really large enterprise level of folks that you know we've actually had come on this show and talk, we some of the differentiators that they are setting themselves up with are these types of. Uh, these platforms, these that ability to take almost that recruiterless future that we've all been hoping that wouldn't happen. Uh, they've been taking bits and pieces of this, trying to implement this into their business. The ones that we're talking about now are things that would be potentially available 
completely out of the box. So someone would purchase this program or this software and all of a sudden two days from now, they'd be up and rolling. Is that what we're hoping? Um, probably a little bit longer than two days. I think uh, <laughs> sure. some of these processes are fairly fairly complicated to uh, to automate. But effectively, yeah, they should be able to to uh, procure either as part of their their current front and back office um, tech stack or as a completely new product that clicks in and 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 then uh, by uh, by extension create that sort of um, uh, functionality for their uh, uh, the various players in that marketplace. This is really interesting. Okay, so you mentioned that there were uh, quite a number of ones that you ended up looking at. What was the total landscape? Uh, I think we found uh, uh, around about 33 vendors that provided um, SPAS solutions, and we've got about 17 uh, that have participated in the report and to participate, they provide a survey and a demo so that we, we get quite a lot of detail on the products. Oh, that's comprehensive still. I mean, that's 50-ish, over 50-ish percent. That's that's quite a, a large sample size. So what kind of large takeaways do you feel like you had without giving away the, the whole article? Well, th- th- there's quite a lot of detail in the report, um, which you know drills down into the functionality of the uh, of the applications themselves. But just at a you know just at a high level, we've got um, you know front and back office uh, vendors um, that are extending their that that uh, that have new products that can extend their stack into the um, SPAS area. You've got tech players that you know have created. Uh, solutions coming from the you know directly into the SPAS platform, and 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 they well may well be extending some of the functionality a bit deeper into the into the stack, um, and then uh, you've got a VMS um, a player who then is bringing um, an SPAS solution. So the, 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 there's a fair mixture of types of um, solutions there. A lot of them have um, you know a workforce workforce planning capability. Um, a lot of them will have. Um, uh, you know, quite well developed apps, particularly for the talent side. So, quite a quite a mixture of um, solutions. It's not. It, I, I guess the, the the key takeaway is it's not a homogenous market where everything's the same. There is lots of fit for purpose solutions and lots of bespoke solutions that might be suitable in different circumstances. You know, I like that. I like how these types of technologies. I mean. When they start, they normally are very niche focused. There's not someone that really knows enough to have a across the board. This will work for everyone. I mean, maybe eventually we'll get to something like that. Uh, but it's really nice that in the early days of these types of technologies, we normally have something that each individual organization themselves can go out and select what's right for them rather than everyone using the same kind of thing. Yeah, that's correct. You know, there's there's um, you know solutions for uh, companies that only want to automate part of the process. There's solutions that uh, for companies that um, want to still have a heavy recruiter um, uh, involvement in the process. There's solutions for companies um, in the in the sales that have already got Salesforce um, well embedded in their in their um, front and back office. So you know, it, it's really um, quite a quite a quite a broad playing field but you know really really interesting and clever solutions that have been that have been put in place and that are available to staffing companies i like it that's very interesting you know i've always one of the very first episodes here i was talking with people about my 
thoughts about where the market's going to go and where you know, staffing and recruiting is going to go in general. And I always use the same metaphor and it feels like it applies here. It's right now, all of our recruiters are typically acting like flight attendants on a flight. They sit there and they ask the same question over and over again, and they're going along the rows and it just gets quite repetitive. But if we were to think of our you know, recruiters or sources or whatever it might be, as more air traffic controllers, where there could be all of this activity going on on something like a staffing platform as a service. And then they get involved when they need to, when they have that part of the process. This seems like the type of technology that would start to enable that for organizations that don't have that, uh, that software expertise, that development expertise. Yeah, that, that's a really good analogy, Brad. I hadn't actually thought of that. But, you know, some of the consoles that you see as part of these SPAS solutions actually probably bring that uh, in mind. You know, you've got, you've got uh, you know, workforce planning screens. Um, you've got... Uh, um, you know, reporting information coming in and, and lots of stuff happening in real time. So jobs being uh, being filled, jobs coming in um, with the recruiter having to intervene whenever the, it requires, um, you know, some, some, some more depth of knowledge or whether they've got to solve a problem or something like that. So, yeah, it's probably a, yeah, probably a pretty good, good analogy. Yeah, that air, air, traffic, air traffic controlling recruiters, that's probably about it. There you go. And I like that it's starting to turn more using best practices from other areas of business. I'm starting to see that, hey, anything that you need to handle issues at scale, customer service has been doing this for years. Anything you need to get out there at scale or advertise to people or whatever, marketing has been do that, doing that for years. So it's nice to take a page out of the best practice playbooks around self-service and customer service and start applying that to our uh, types of businesses. It's really nice to see them start to uh, create these changes and changes for the better for themselves. I like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, there's been uh, some of these SPAS solutions have been around in one form and another for quite some time. And, there's, you know, they've had multiple iterations of feedback. So they've certainly picked up a lot of that best practice uh, that comes from some of those other industries. Others are quite, you know, quite new. So they're benefiting from, um, uh, I guess, the, the, the more um, co uh, contemporary technology in order to put their their uh, systems in place. So you've got a, a mixture of you know both of those the the experience and the um, uh, and 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 the newer technology coupled with the best practices from other industries. I like it. One of the things that I'm really curious about, and I'm curious to see what you saw from a customization aspect. One of the holdouts that I've been talking to that. You know, wants to set something like this up, but doesn't think a bespoke technology is for them. What are organizations able to do from a differentiation aspect? Because if they're all using the same technology, what's their competitive advantage? Uh, well, it's, 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 a, it's a really good question. Um, you know, you can you can customize uh, the workflows in the um, in in these applications, and you can bring the recruiter in at different parts of the of the process wherever you f you feel that the recruiter is going to make um, more uh, more impact. But you know, the 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 differentiation, I guess, is is. Uh, been able to have the the right sort of jobs, recruit the talent quickly, so they they get a really good mobile experience, 
um, and be able to fill roles quickly that um, the, that the, the the talent is 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 looking for in the areas that they're looking for. You know, those are the kind of differentiators, and whether those are are only part of the technology or whether those are also part of the way that the recruitment company interacts with their their talent and their clients and the sort of clients that they have is is probably it's probably a mixture of both of those. So you're you know you're differentiating um, things in, in probably a different way. I mean, a good mobile app is a good mobile app, but there are still levels of good, uh, you know, amongst that. So, you know, looking at how those, um, that functionality, and it can be quite complex functionality is brought in and delivered to the end user is, is still really quite important and still a differentiator in this market, I think. Sure. If DoorDash wanted to white label their technology and I can present for candidates the exact same way, I don't care if it's DoorDashes or not. I'm using it. That would be amazing. Uh, so that's really good. Okay, where can everyone find this piece of amazing research that you put together? So the the the, the report is on the um, uh, is on the SIA site, Staffing Platforms as a Service Global Landscape 2023. It was published about uh, two weeks ago. So if you remember, you can go to that site and have a look at, uh, uh, at that, that report and and other background reports on temporary staffing platforms as well. Perfect. Staffingindustry.com. I think the publishing date I'm seeing here is April 25th of 2023. Correct. Perfect. All right. Well, any parting thoughts of wisdom that you want people to know and, and reasons to go read this? No, look, it's it's a, it's a really interesting and it's a, a fast developing area. And it will be really, uh, be really interesting in the future to see how... Uh, staffing firms kind of deal with this whole combination of technology you know they need an omni-channel approach so all the bringing all the different channels together how ai then plays into it how staffing platforms as a service develop and how um and how staffing platforms then start to incorporate ai into their um into their offerings so it's um yeah, it's it's fast moving, and I expect the next time we do the report in twelve months' time, um, you know, there'll be more of these platforms, and they'll be doing a lot more. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time to be in recruitment. A very interesting time, I think. Yeah, and on that, it, AI doesn't work unless it has something to learn from. So now that we have more of these platforms creating more of these transactions that we can then build models on top of, I just think this is going to accelerate way faster than we think is possible. So I'm excited about it. I appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit about what's in the report. I will send everyone the link here in the show notes. You can find those at transformrecruiting.com. We'll point you straight towards staffingindustry.com to this article so you can go see it. Uh, Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on giving us more of your knowledge. We appreciate it. And we'll see you when the next one comes out. Thank you so much. And thanks, Brad, for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Uh, so if you want to see more episodes like this, it's transformrecruiting.com. Send me an email, hello at bradowens.com, and I'll catch you on the next one.